0: Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Warren Ingram from Galileo Capital Personal Finance this evening. And remember that invitation to at any time, of course, call in and ask a question or pose a point or um, throw a hand grenade, virtual hand grenade, virtual hand grenade, not a real one, please. Um, and uh, at any time in the show, also, of course, um, questions for any of our regulars. But also, if you've got a, a question that's off the burning a hole in your head, and you go, I want to know the answer to this question, um, either we'll put it to one of our regulars or we'll find an expert for you. You just send us the questions between six and eight on any weekday evening, um, so that we make sure we don't miss your question, uh, because there's so many WhatsApps that come through, and it's it's really it's like watching, when you're pumping petrol into your car, you watch the numbers run up that's how fast the WhatsApps come through like that, so 072 702, 1702 is the WhatsApp number, Uh, any questions at all, get them through to us Emotions, and investing Um, there's I, I like uh, to take kids' fairy tales uh, and apportion them to South Africa. Um, it's quite, quite often, as we were speaking about chicken, we live in chicken licken land. Uh, this is no favoritism on a brand of chicken. Um, chicken licken, the little chicken who's walking through the forest and an acorn falls on his head and he thinks the whole sky is falling on his head. He's a South African chicken. He overreacts <laughs> re- to a bit of bad news. Um, in Winnie the Pooh, you've got Tigger, who's very, very bouncy. And there are very few Tiggers in South Africa, but there are one or two. Um, and uh, Alan Pollinger, the CEO of RM, uh, First Rand, I wouldn't say he was Tiggerish tonight, but he was very uh, optimistic about the outlook for the country in terms of the future profitability of companies and returns for investors. So that was nice. But most of us spend most of our time being more like Eeyore. You know, Eeyore's the donkey, and he's like the South African donkey, and you'd say to Eor, "Boy, it's a beautiful sunny day," and he'll go, "Yeah, but I'll get skin cancer," <laughs> and, you know, it's that sort of thing. And we're very much Eorish in South Africa at the moment. That's so like, yes, it's lovely, but no, it's all—it's a disaster waiting to happen. And that affects the way in which we act. It's the way we invest. It's the way we think about where we put our money. Sentiment matters.
1: It's—it's it's, emotion matters. It does, and 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 it builds up a critical mass of its own. So so the more. Depressed we are uh, as a collective. The, the more that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, we become actually then a place not to be in. So, so if you're talking about investments and you were talking about South Africa as an investment destination, if we are collectively hugely pessimistic, that that's what the outcome will be. We will be a place that you shouldn't be investing in. Uh, and and the same on the other side. It it you know if you create positive momentum just from sentiment, just from emotion, that causes. On its own, a weight, and it, and it actually causes things to go in in the right direction. So, so sentiment has uh, a huge impact on on the way things work in in markets around the world, and and South Africa is no different. And, and I think sometimes the job of our president, for example, is to be uh, a cheerleader. Yeah, but then he gets it wrong. I mean, that his first his first
0: state of the nation, we'll do bullet trains and smart cities, and we are just like, oh, dude, 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 hold on,
1: can we just get like. Translate to work. So, you know, so you've got to be careful as to how, how much of a cheerleader so, you are. So let's, uh, uh, let's be balanced in one thing, which is that, that I think our, our colleagues that, that, that work across the, 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 the media world in South Africa are experts at pointing out our problems. They're not so good at pointing out what's going right. And that's where I, talk, I think the the job of the President is to be the cheerleader, not to tell us about things that they want to do that as a government or the, you know the smart cities we want to build let 's talk about the things that are happening that actually are working because if no one else is doing it then then someone's got to start and i i think- don't need competition thank you very much uh,
0: i quite I quite like being um you know i mean it's and it's very easy it's it's incredibly easy to paint disaster scenarios for South Africa. And you've got a a market that is hungry and susceptible because it wants to be affirmed in its belief of, it it likes to catastrophize. And I I think 80% of people who live in South Africa have a pretty, have a horrible time. I think very few people in South Africa have an exceptional life. Um, I think inequality is a massive crisis and a massive problem. Let's not downplay that. I think scarcity in South Africa, uh, too many kids go to bed hungry at night. I mean, all of those real fundamental issues are real, but you don't fix them by catastrophizing. You, You fix them by saying, how do we solve the problem and then creating solutions to the problems and then building those solutions.
1: And we need a lot more tiggers. I mean, we need a lot more entrepreneurs who look at the problems and go, well, hang on, I can do something about this Little problem in my community. This, uh, I'm not saying little, in, as in that the problem's are little, but but make a small impact in in a local area, and lots of people doing that, and suddenly things change, and and so t- so to me, we need we need more South Africans to look up and and look around and 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 realize there are opportunities, here. and and every kind of pessimist uh, EO around that for me, they create enormous opportunity for the people who, whose heads are up and looking for opportunities, because that that's really what you need to do is say. There is a lot we can do here. There is a lot of script. It's got nothing to do with my topic. No, but, but, but that's important. context. 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 So, so there is a thing called behavior gap. I didn't invent the name. I love the name. I wish I did invent it. Uh, and and it's well researched. And it looks at how much do we cost ourselves in in growing our money. How much does our behavior hurt us? And. When you do it over periods of time, I like longish periods of time. So, so for me, twenty years is a great measure because now we've got we're going through. If in a South African context, we're going through the Zuma years. We, you know, we, there are there are a few uh, you know good years before the Zuma years. If you go back twenty
0: years, I mean, let's just have a quick look at it. You're going back to two thousand and two. It's the beginning of a period of enormous expansion in South Africa. We've got average economic growth of around five percent. We've got global tailwinds. There's you know, money is cheap all over the world. It's after nine. 11 it's after the dot com bubble burst money becomes incredibly cheap and then we start seeing as we get to the end of the 2000s the the asset bubble bursts the global financial crisis we then um, amplify that because we don't that wasn't big enough for us so we made Jacob Zuma president and we instituted load shedding as we've done uh, load shedding has lasted longer than Jacob Zuma Um, and we've we've, we've created a really negative environment for ourselves uh, through our own actions while the rest of the world has gone through global financial crisis, re- sharp recovery, remarkable recovery, a bit of a wobble in COVID-19, and now there's a shake out of all of the excesses of, uh, of cheap money over the last 15 years or so. But the last 20 years, by global
1: standards, have been amongst the best 20-year periods probably in human history. And, and what's interesting is the typical investor has got half of the return that that investor should have got over that 20-year period. So so just to give you a re- uh, the, the way that this works, the way you can measure this, is if you said every single unit trust that invests in world shares, I, I wanna, I'm want going to buy it. I'm not going to do anything clever. I'm going to take a thousand rand. I'm going to buy every single one. So allocate a thousand rand to each of those at the start of 2002, put them in a proverbial drawer and forget about it. So I, I bought the whole thing. 20 years later, what have I got? And And let's say it's a million rand. Then you go and you look at actually the, the record of every single person, company, pension fund, university endowment, whatever it is, that's actually physically invested in those unit trusts. And you go and you see they bought in on X day, they sold on Y day. How much did their money rise or fall? And you, and you take all of that growth and you look at it and you say, what have they achieved? They've got half of the growth that, that doing nothing has got. In other words, the universe of unit trusts, you, you get a million rand. You, you you now involve yourself in the decision. So you go in in 2002 because you become a bit more optimistic after after terrible 2001. Uh, and, and then, you know, 2007, you know, you, you think things are amazing. So you double down because, you know, the world is going in a fantastic way. All of a sudden the world falls over. You sell all of those things, all of those decisions which are emotional. Those are, those are not rational decisions. This is about behavior. This is about us saying, we think we know better than the market. We think we know what's going to happen next week, next month, next year, and so we're going to make in, in investment decisions based on, on our emotional understanding of how, how the world works. and And this is... You and me, you know, uh, uh, ordinary investors, it's professional investors, it's ca- it's pension funds, all of them, because they're See, all invested the, the, in the unit trust world. The, the, the unit trust managers and the pension fund investors have an
0: excuse for responding with emotion because they are rewarded on their performance. So if things are going to go down a bit, they're going to sell to try and lock in their profits, and then they're going to try and buy, a buy find a buying opportunity to try and grow once again, and they, they're they incentivized I think, wrongly from that perspective, because they're not incentivized for 20-year growth. They incentivize for six-month growth, um, and, and they've got a more short-term view. They say they invest for you long-term, but their own view is quite short-term because they panic and yeah. get overexcited. We've got no
1: excuse, though. As ordinary individuals, we've, we've, our only incentive is the long-term. Well, and, and in fact, that's the advantage we have. Absolutely. So, so we, we look at the world, and we can say, well, the world is panicking. But, you know, me, Warren, I'm, I've got, you know, 40 to 60 years of life left, hopefully, you know, uh, if, if I stay healthy. Uh, I don't need to worry about what the market's going to do next week or next month because I need to worry about what's the market going to do over the next 20 years. And, and sure, I don't know what it's going to do in the next little while. But if I stay invested, that's the message. You know? It's really simple to say. I know it's not easy to do, but, but stay invested. I'm going to get the million. And everyone else, you know, all the fund managers and all the individual, private individuals, all the professionals that are allowing themselves to be swayed by a prediction, by a forecast, what's the RAN doing next week, what's the market going to do, what's the Fed going to do with interest rates, all of those are predictions that, frankly, no one has a clue. We, we can come up with really eloquent arguments about which way things are going to go with, with great conviction. The, the truth is when we sit down and we look ourselves in the mirror, the answer is we don't have a clue. Super saver Julia who you introduced
0: to us and who's been a regular guest in July each year. She comes and tells us um, how a portfolio is done. She's not been adding money in recent years to her portfolio, but the, the, the underlying growth has been good. And she's, I think, I, f- I forget the exact numbers. I'm not going to quote them now. But her only regret was she started investing with a, a, a small lump sum of about 60,000 rand in 2007. And then, on your advice, she started putting away a third of her income. She was single. She didn't have any big overhead. She lived uh, a, a contained life. Um, she paid a third in taxes, lived a third, went overseas on that small third, um, had, had a good life, and put away a third. But when the global financial crisis of 2008 hit, she trimmed back on her investments um she didn't stop investing she didn't withdraw her money but she wishes she hadn't cut back on her investments because as markets went down she would have bought more and more and more with her regular contribution to her savings to her investments and that ability to put money away and not think about it yeah is a superhuman it's a it's a
1: superhuman power is it isn't it Mm -mm. it it's rare so, mm. it's so, so we make it sound uh, superhuman because it's rare. Because, because we are generally as human, being so swayed by our, our emotions, we so easily uh, swayed at the, you know at the bride, the dinner table, you know at the uh, at the proverbial coffee machine uh, by by listening to everyone else's bad news, and then we think we should do what what they are doing, what the crowds doing. You know, it, so, so we call it herd behavior, and and that's difficult to go against the tide or the herd. Uh, but but actually, it's it's really simple. I mean, you just need to stay invested. I'm not saying easy. I mean, there's the distinction between simple and easy. Staying invested, ignoring what everyone else is doing and all the panic that they're causing uh, is, is difficult. I understand that. But But it's just common sense. It's just simple. And it's the one advantage all of us, every single one of us has – over all the professionals. And we, we, we see, I mean, we're we're sitting here in the heart of Santa surrounded by very tall buildings, you know, uh, very expensive uh, real estate, mostly by banks and financial services companies, that they specialize in stuff, in this stuff, and they can't get it right. What, what we can do is we can beat them every single time by just staying invested and doing nothing else. And if the world falls apart and we can save a bit faster, like Julia wishes she did, we can do that. We can control that. If I was to put money away
0: into an investment. So I was looking at Rodney Sachs. Rodney Sachs is the founder of Monster Energy Drink, the youngest ever managing partner of Worksman's attorneys. He emigrated to the United States 1989, uh, bought uh, with another lawyer called Mr. Schlossberg. They bought into a drinks business. They created Monster Energy Drinks. It has delivered something like a 250,000% return to investors since inception. Better than Apple, better than Tesla, better than anything else. It's an astonishing success story. Sadly, none of us saw that opportunity. Uh, none of us saw the, but um, very few people saw the Amazon opportunity. Or in the South African context, the Capitech opportunity. Rather than cherry picking those single opportunities, is there one index? And don't say the MSCI World because that's boring. Um, is there one index that if we put 10, 20, hundred thousand rand in today? And left for 20 years. We'd be happy with the result 20 years from now.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be a little bit loyally here. I won't use the MSCI World Index. I'll use the MSCI All-Country World Index. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the reason is because… Why not just the S&P 500? Bet on America. Because I, I think it's too… You're making a big prediction now. You're, you're predicting that American companies, although there might be global, many of them, but that they will lead the world for the next two decades. And to me, that's too much of a prediction to make. I'm not not saying uh, you're definitely wrong, uh, but but that to bet against India becoming the next big the biogen, the India index. But again, a prediction, right? It's 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 all country world index says we take all of the developed world, all of the emerging market world, we lump it all together, and we're going to benefit from whatever the next big tiger is in the world. Okay, so we look at a map
0: of the world and we say it's a 100 trillion dollar a year. Global economy. 20, uh, 30% is America. 25% is China, roughly. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff. By buying an all-world index. All-country world index. All-country world, all, all world index. Yeah. Acquis the, the jargon everyone likes. If China goes to 30% and America goes to 25 it doesn't matter. You got it. You're in um, it. If Germany goes from 5% to 3%, uh, but Britain goes from f- to the 5% to 7%, it doesn't matter. Because you're kind of buying the swings and the roundabouts in that global economy.
1: Yeah, and if if, if my one prediction, uh, which I'm not betting money on, so it's just a fun prediction, is that, that, that India overtakes everyone else in time as the big economy of the world, the next most fastest growing big economy of the world, you're going to benefit because India goes from being a tiny proportion of that to a massive proportion. And if it dominates and eats all the other countries' lunch, the, the, that's okay. You're not losing out because y- your investment will grow on that and you will be much more efficient. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you for that.
0: Now, question. This is from Catero. Uh Red rag to Warren's bull. I'm interested in buying a new car and the dealership is offering me a really attractive finance package where my monthly payments are going to be low for a period of 54
1: months. That's amazing. 54 months is five years. Six, nearly six. Six years. Uh, No, no, sorry, sorry, you're right, 60 60 months would be five years. Okay, so that's, that's four and a half years, thereabouts. At the end of the term, I
0: will then need to settle a balloon payment. This seems like a good deal to me because I can't afford a higher monthly payment right now. What are your thoughts? I'm going to give Warren a chance to compose himself, Katleho, because he's gone like a, a brighter shade of red. Uh, we just need to calm him down. You need counselling. He'll keep you counselling in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Katleho wants to buy a car. A car dealership wants to sell Katleho a car, so the car dealership very kindly has structured a deal which Katleho can afford. In the next four and a half years, he can buy a car. Uh, he can't afford higher payments, but uh, the, the, the dealership's been very kind to him and said, well, then pay less. We'll make we'll make it affordable for you. All you want to do in four and a half years' time is give us a lump of cash. And that you know generally can be 100, depending on the car, several hundred thousand rand that at some point in the future you have to find. And I wonder just how many people find themselves four or five years into a car deal and realize that they're going to have to give the car back. Plus some money. Plus some money because actually they can't afford the balloon payment.
1: Yeah. You, you, you need to really not drive your car. If you want, if you want to come out of this uh, d- doing well, that means you buy the car. And then the purpose, the reason that you bought the car was because you need to go from A to B lots of times. But if you do that lots of times and you put on lots of kilometers on the car, it's going to be less valuable according to the people that want to buy it back from you. Uh, and, and so the only way you're going to preserve the value of the car is don't drive it. You which defeats the purpose exactly. So what so, what you're saying to Catecho is buy a cheaper car. Buy a cheaper car. Please do not do the balloon payment. The calculation is what they're saying to you is let's say it's a hundred thousand rand. At the end of the period, you're going to give us. You have to give us a hundred thousand rand. But what we'll do is we'll give you a low payment, uh, the, 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 you know, throughout the period. And let's say the car costs four hundred thousand rand today. So what they're saying is give us a hundred thousand rand at the end of the the fifty four months. Up front, you know, I think well, okay. So so the balance I, I'm I'm going to pay finance charges on. No no no. You're paying finance charges on the hundred thousand Rand as well. That's part of your calculation of what you're going to pay on a monthly basis today. So the fact that you think I'm I'm just paying hundred thousand Rand, it'll be worth less because of inflation, yes, you finance that. You paying for that extra hundred thousand Rand. The the deal here is if you can't afford the monthly payments without doing the the balloon payment, the answer is you cannot afford the car. It's very simple. You cannot afford the car. And there is no shame. No. Says the guy Who's never bought a new car To uh, buy second-hand cars I've seen your cars And they get very old And yes, they're safe But they're old And and no one thinks less of you Oh, no, they do But I don't care And, and the point is You still get from A to B You still make it to Eventually. the show every Every single night <laughs> And, and you, know, you know Your car doesn't break down And the point is Uh, It's just a car. And if COVID taught us nothing, the car sat in the garage for two years for most of us or under a carport or whatever. It didn't change your life at all. We couldn't drive it. It doesn't change your life. It's very nice to be able
0: to have that new car smell. There is nothing more satisfying than the new car smell. I've smelled it in other people's cars. Um, And you feel good. And it's expensive smell and It is an expensive smell and, I, and if you can afford it By all means Treat yourself Buy the car Make it Spend as much money as you like But katecho If you can't afford The monthly payments now And interest rates keep going up Which they're going to keep going up This deal is going to bite you Worse
1: than a Rottweiler That is hungry At the end of a very very long hot day So, so please Please keep saving Please make a bigger deposit That's a good way To get your monthly payments down That's my, my advice If you're going to listen to Bruce and buy a new car because you can afford it, please make sure it's made in South Africa. You see, I knew we'd come to an agreement eventually. Warren
0: Ingram from Galileo Capital, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Warren is a personal financial advisor. He is a director at Galileo Capital.